The K.J. Wright Show. On Seattle Sports. The ball is intercepted. K.J. Wright reaches up about 13 feet in the air. Number 15. Now every Wednesday with Rock and Song. How y'all like that? Brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino. It's K.J. Wright time. I just got to put a smile on everybody's face. And I'm sorry to tell you that, uh, yeah, Kathy just came by. I don't know. She was uh, a little upset that I was revealing contract details out right. on the air. So I, I'm sorry about that, Brock. What do you expect? I know. Well, hey, I'm sorry, Kathy. Hey, hold on. We got we to gotta make sure KJ's mic is up there. We got uh, the wrong mic up. Hold on. Let's get KJ going here. KJ, we got you. One, two, three, four. Hold on. No, no, hold geez. on. Is we don't have KJ. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey. You know what we happened there, Brock? I think what? that Rob was filling in on the board today. I think yes. he heard KJ curse during his halftime speech the <laughs> yes. other day. Uh, and this what? was just sort of making sure that we have KJ. The delay, the dump button's good. Right. want to make sure everything's set up in I case he starts hungry. cursing Sorry. like he did in front of all those people. KJ. Not on this show. Did you get a call from your mom after that? She didn't, surprisingly. Yeah. KJ, Sur- you represent the right family. She Surprisingly, I did not hear from my mom when huh. I said the A word in front of 70,000 people. <laughs> Son, but she didn't do it though. Oh, but maybe, I had to, I had I think to maybe get, she didn't hear it. She heard it. She's like, I'm not watching. She hears everything. She's like, I'm done. But KJ, get, KJ was a blood pumping. Oh, juices were flowing. <laughs> I, I was around my guys. Like, hey, hey, fellas, this is our moment. It's our time. If anybody's going to bring this energy, I'm going to bring it and yeah. remind these people who we were, what we stood for. We are the champs. We built this stadium, and so I had, I had to bring it. All right, well, hold on. Let me, let, let, let's dig into this a little bit. We're going to take the first few minutes and dig into that before we get into the game and Gino and the defense and all the good stuff that happened this week, and there was a lot of it, Bobby, et cetera. Who did you see? Like, who, who, who did you see? We asked Pete, and he was excited to see Sweezy, he mentioned, McQuiston, and somebody else that he hadn't seen in a while. Sweezy is looking like a tight end, yeah. He's and he has his nice man bun going on, so it was really good to see Sweezy. Uh, Paul McQuiston, yep. like I have not seen since 2013. He's looking good. Byron Maxwell, I haven't seen in, in, since God knows What's when. What's he doing? In Florida, okay, um, working out every day, chilling, taking just, care of just in case someone needs him. No, oh, okay. no, 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 God no. <laughs> just trying to stay ready. That's not happening. <laughs> um, I saw him. The man of the hour was Brandon Mebane. Mm. We all know his weight loss journey. He's lost love like Mebane. sixty pounds. What? He was looking like President Obama out there. He had a suit with a turtleneck. <laughs> um, <laughs> Breno Giacomini mm. did not let go. He did not let go of the Lombardi Trophy. He walked around with that thing all night, taking shots. Lombardi Trophy, taking shots. So, Bruno Jockman, he had a really good weekend. Okay. Um, Max come in for this? No, Max is coaching. Okay. We, we, so we know Max is coaching. It. He's yeah. in Hawaii. Okay. And, um, and I had a bone to pick with some guys. Some guys, oh. 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 hey, you know me. I'm going to call you, a spade a spade. Who did straight. you have a bone yep. to pick I'm with? I'm not going to say their names. Oh, okay. But some guys did not attend oh, okay. for whatever reason. This like are personal this, reasons, you think? Like I, that type of thing. I think like salty reasons. Okay. Maybe you got... Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, maybe you got fired and you don't want to see certain people. Okay. Um, that's just my own assumption. Okay. Yeah. And maybe, so Maybe you flip someone off as you were leaving, that type of thing. I mean, like that seems... <laughs> I, mean, I, didn't, you know, I, didn't, I didn't... I wasn't thinking that. But, but I don't know. I just say every <laughs> once in a while these things happen, right? I, you know, you can't make it back after yeah. that. But the guys that were here, it was such a fun time. We all... We just hung out. So what do you talk about? When, when all you guys get together, I'm sure you had some sort of a dinner party, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. What do you guys talk about? Do you reminisce on that season? Do you reminisce on other fun things? Are you catching up on what people are up to now? I know you've talked about some of the challenges emotionally and dealing with not playing anymore. Do you guys 
you know, get get real and talk through that type of stuff. What what is going on back there? Absolutely, and we get and what happens is we're all around each other, but you break out into little pods, mm-hmm. and you're like, hey, how you doing? How you holding up? And guys have real authentic conversations, and we express how we miss the locker room, how we miss each other, how. We want to go work and get a full-time job, but we're afraid of leaving our families full-time. And so is that I was watching the game with Clint McDonald, who was watching the Super Bowl. And I was like, Underrated player, by the way. Oh, yeah. He was Super there. underrated player. And um, I made a tackle in the Super Bowl, and truck driver came and grabbed my shoulder like he was my dad, and he whispered <laughs> something in my ear. I was like, hey, bro, what did you, you remember what you said to me right there? He's like, no, no, what I said. <laughs> and um, like, <laughs> like we were watching the Super Bowl together yeah. 10 years with his pregnant wife, and just just going down memory lane and so um it was is it was, there is there a big group text hey, you're hogging the questions. i'm sorry but i'm fascinated Jeez. by this i'm sorry is there a big group text for all of those people nope only only group text i have is with my linebackers that's it mm-hmm. it feels like there should like you guys should have gotten onto a big group text now yeah and, and there is another separate text oh. and i may get in trouble for saying this but the fellas like hey are, are the wives coming? Are we? Is everybody coming? I was like, yeah, they got to come the first night. But they was like, what about the second night? I was like, the second night is for the fellas. Come on now. The second night has got to be for the fellas. Uh, okay. But you best believe that both Friday okay. and Saturday and Sunday the wives were there. All right, Brock, I'll shut so, up. I'm sorry. So talk to me. Talk to me. When, when did the Pied Piper walk in? When did Pete come into that? Because he said a little bit that he, get, he got to see you guys behind the scenes and in some of that. Talk to me about pete's relationship with that crew so coach carroll was there before me as soon as i walked in i saw coach carroll at the bar talking to i believe it was uh chris maragos at the time Mm. i saw him socializing with everyone and i kind of stayed back i didn't just go up there just hog the conversation i see him quite often and so it was really cool to see the smile on his face him interact with the guys that he drafted and groomed over the years and um, John Snyder was there as well. Did he, he come there. in with a belt? Was he wearing the belt? The heavyweight <laughs> no, <champion belt? laughs> no, no, no. Well, you got you got to think like for for Snyder to be there. Like these guys that you drafted, these also guys that you had to make some business decisions mm-hmm. with. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's all love. We did something special. Nothing else matters but being a champion at the end of the day. And so it was just cool to see everyone there mixing and mingling. Coaches, yeah. You probably don't remember Sherm Smith. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, we do. Sherm oh, Smith. Yeah. We there? definitely remember Sherm yeah. Smith. Kippy Brown. Yeah, we had the, him on the show. Yeah, the wide receiver coach Rocky Seto came. Mm-hmm. It was oh, uh, it awesome. was it was a beautiful time. A beautiful that sound, moment. That sounds like an unbelievably fun experience. You know what's going to be interesting too <laughs> is when you do it in ten more years and yeah. ten years after that. Like they're going to keep having you guys out there. Oh yeah, and my goal. I was talking to Malcolm. My goal is to look the same exact way ten uh, years now that I look today. So really, I got goals. Yeah. Who who looked the best? Honestly, Sweezy looked really, really good. Mm. The man, he's already he's always been jacked up, yoked up, but imagine him looking 250 pounds wow. the same way. The dude, you know, his you know, what's he looking doing? at his, his rear end was tight, he had this tight coat on. <laughs> I'm telling you, he was stacked. I believe you. I, you wouldn't say that if you if you weren't telling the truth. He was stacked, yoked up. <laughs> and so um, I was jealous. All right, hold on. Let me ask you the hard question though. I don't do it, Salt. Who looked the worst? Don't do it, Salt. Come on, KJ. I'm not going there. I know you were thinking it. I know that your little linebacker text was texting about it. Who okay. let himself go? This guy can take it. I'm going to say his name. I know he can take it. But as soon as I saw him, I patted his belly. I was like, oh, what's up, Maxwell? What you been eating, my guy? What you been eating, man? And so as soon as I saw him, I patted that belly. And uh, I, man, you need to ride that bike a little more. And so, um, wow. It was, good. was Bobby there? 
Bobby was there. Oh, he was able to come. That's Bobby cool. was there. All right. And um, and how was it seeing Russ? I'm sure he. Sh- oh, he didn't show up. Sorry, that's my bad. I, they, they had a game. Yeah, he's too Stop obviously. It. I was about to make it. I'm not going. How'd they do? They lost Stop by fifty. <laughs> they did lose by fifty. You don't Stop. see that every yeah. day. Yeah. And um, just to let you in on more conversations, I know we getting long winded here, but um, I talked to Chris Maragos. Okay. And we all know his special sto- team guy, right? Special teams demon. And um, we all know his story. So talking about his injury and how he's having to battle that. Mm. He had that bad uh, injury settlement with his mm-hmm. knee. And so just connecting with guys about life and how they've been feeling. And um, it, it was really cool. Really uh, cool Tony McDaniel there? T-Mac. Is he there? He's a man of very few words. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, heck yeah, he was there. He, he was there. We talked a little bit. He has five, going on five kids now. It's a lot of kids. Yeah. Corey Toomer, Corey, uh, Coomer, Corey Toomer came. Okay. Um, O'Brien Schofield? OB. He was there? Absolutely. Wow. Sheesh. Yeah. Man, yeah. I was trying to go deep. You and then, uh, and Malcolm Smith, as, as I sort of accidentally <laughs> brought up last week, he uh, raised the 12th man flag. Malcolm raised the flag. Um, no Russell Okun, unfortunately. Um, well, he weighs 148 pounds. He's, they, he's, he didn't want to be tempted by all the food. They around. were cracking so many jokes on Okun. They was like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, can't, I can't crack jokes. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, then we'll get into some actual football talk. I'm sorry for the trip down memory lane, but <laughs> Brock, the, the opportunity to hear yeah. that insight into what was going on it behind is, the you scenes. You know what it reminds you of, man? You, you hear it said, that will never take this away from us. Right? You hear athletes say that. You hear coaches say that. You hear organ- as hard as it is to get to that mountaintop and to win that trophy, why Brenna wouldn't give it up, is because it's true. You can never take away those relationships, KJ. And thank you for a little window in to uh, all of those guys. And I know everybody yeah, likes that's, that's really stars. cool. A lot of suggestions that maybe Russ would have sent a video message, but I, it sounds like that, that, oh didn't, that didn't go down. All right. Coming up next, we will dig into what we all saw out on the field. It is Brock and Salk with KJ Wright, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. You're listening to Brock and Song. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Let's talk to KJ here. We got so much good stuff to get to. It's the KJ Wright Show on Seattle Sports on 710salesports.com. Coming off a win, two in a row. Mm-hmm. KJ, let me start by asking you the question I asked Brock and Justin and everybody yesterday, and I think it'll kind of lead us into the rest of our Seahawks conversation. If you could rearrange things. Would you prefer that the Seahawks had gone chalk, beating the Rams and losing to the Lions before beating Carolina? Okay. Or have it go the way it did, where you have an ugly loss to a team you shouldn't have lost to, followed by a really good win on the road in Detroit, and then the home win against Carolina, which is a better telling of who the team is and and gives you a better sense of things. I love the way it happened. I really love the way it happened. And you hear me say this all the time. Everything starts from the top and go down. The person that has to be... A1, the person that has to be on the job all day, every day, is the head coach. That is first and foremost. It starts with Coach Carroll sending the message to the guys, creating the format and the structure of the week, bringing the best out of the guys on game day. It starts with him. And so when he said what he said after week one, like, I really dropped the ball. I really messed up with the way that I um, I got the guys ready the, the on the Saturday meeting. It starts with him setting the president of what the season is going to look like. And so, yes, did that week one suck? Did that hurt? 100%. You had that. Now, as a coach, I got to be on my job. I not, if I'm not on my job, for dang sure, my players are not going to be right. And so you drop the ball to the Rams, get back to the drawing board, get back to the right game plan that you want, 
and it happens that way. So I love the way that happened week one. So as much as I enjoyed story time there off the field, hearing about Tweezy's tight butt and man bun and how good he looked and everything else, I'm most curious about what you all saw from the suite watching this team. I would love to just you hear. Think they paid any attention to the game? Uh, Heck yes. No. I <laughs> oh, bet you they didn't watch two plays. Uh, oh, I think I think some did. I think some probably ate. I think some probably sounds you know, like mingled. Was one of them. Uh, <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop. He's like, hey, what's going on in the suite? Tell me what the boys <laughs> what thought. Here? Tell me what the guys thought of these young pups because there's a lot of young players on this team, right? Forty-one percent of the team are first or second-year players, something like that. What did the old vets, what did the old cagey guys up in that suite think of these young bucks? I'm going to be honest and transparent. I'm going to let you into our suite, the legend suite, Brock Hewitt. It was the first half, and a guy screamed, like, this game is boring. <laughs> that's that's what God said in the legendary suite. Mm. This game is boring. Mm. That was the first half. Yeah. And the second half. They weren't wrong, by the way. It was, it was really boring. It was really boring. In the second half, after we went out there, gave it was a completely <laughs> different second half. Completely different second half. And the person that really stood out on that football field that, that I feel like could have been on the football field with us was rookie, number 21, Devin Witherspoon. And I was sitting right next to Cam, and I said, oh, Cam, you you see that walkie guy? He was like, <laughs> was like I see him, I see him. <laughs> Devin Witherspoon had this energy, this walk, this, this swag to him that I really loved on that football field. And so he was one guy that really stood out when I was sitting in that legend suite like, hey, this dude right here, one day, he, he he's figuring out. He's a young pup. But once he really starts to figure it out and he has that same tenacity that he brought on the football field, he's going to be a stud one day. Now, that would have been fascinating. How would Sherm have handled a number five pick in the draft? How would Sherm as a fifth rounder handled a number five, 20-some Ooh, million We're going to put this kid on the other side of you? Oh, my God. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he could have done it. I don't know. How would Sherm handle being drafted number five? No, how would he have handled Ooh. Devin Witherspoon lining up on the other side? Like once Sherman established himself, right. the Seahawks taking a number five pick and spending it on another corner. Oh, he would have been fine. You th- I thought I think he would have been fine. You don't think so? I don't know. Brock's one who asked the question. Don't like, don't look at me. Yeah, I don't he, know. he would have been just fine. And, and oh, I think that fifth round chip is still there. I, I think twenty years later that fifth round chip <laughs> is chip. still That's there. That's not a guy with a chip in his shoulder. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes. The bowler. Yo. He he would have welcomed him in with open arms. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, yeah. I truly would, believe that. They would have competed. So take take me a little deeper. Yeah, what do you see? Because I see the same thing, KJ. I see the same. And remember, this guy missed a lot of time in the offseason. This guy missed most of training camp. We debated about how much he would even play week two. And two weeks later, man, I don't know, some 130 snaps under his belt. What really resonates with you in his game? What First and foremost, when you said last week, I did not think that that game one against the Detroit Lions, he would come on the scene like that. I really did not see that just from a physical standpoint, a conditioning standpoint. You know, I just thought he was going to come out there and try to get through the game, but he played dang near every snap, played every snap last week. And what I saw last week on this third down, he just made it was a it was a curl route by the receiver. It was third down, and he was backing up, backing up, but he wasn't just bailing. He was anticipating yeah. the receiver about to make a stop. And I was like, that is a really good football IQ from a guy only in his second NFL game when he breaking up that pass, going across the dig route, running running um I call it jet streaming when the guy's in coverage and he jet streams past the guy. That is really really good football. And so now I see. Now I see what they saw when he was at Illinois. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, this guy's a stud. This guy can tackle. He saw 11 tackles, two pass breakups. Next step is give me the ball and give me a turnover. Yeah. And so to let you in on another conversation in the legend suite, let's talk Jackson Smith and Jigba. Right, he's been the talk of the town. I was watching, I was sitting next to Cam as well, and it was a third down, and it was a blitz coming, right? And I said, both Cam, Cam and I said, he got to throw it to Njigba. He's got to throw it right here to Njigba. And Njigba ran that five, six-yard out, and it was a breakup pass. And a lot of fans are like, man, what's going on with Njigba? You know, what, 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 what's happening here? The pass was late. It was a late pass by Geno, and he's, the man only got three targets, Brock. Mm-hmm. The man only got three targets in the game. Yep. And so is he going to be fine? Yes. A lot of people are like, is he going to be okay? There's no need to worry about Njigba. He's going to be okay. The offensive coordinator, if he wants to maximize you know, Njigba, draw plays for him, but the offense is just fine. You put up 37 points oh, in man, back-to-back they, weeks. They, they got so many people. They're trying to get involved. They got the tight ends involved really yes. well in this game. Kenneth Walker is looking good out of the backfield. You got two stud receivers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Zach okay. Miller there? Zach was there. He seemed like a pretty important part of that team. Oh, he on was. On the field. He I was. Spent, I don't know about off the field, mm-hmm. but on the field. 18, 19 for us. Hey, was Marshawn still there? Was Marshawn there? Friday and Saturday. He left Saturday night. Oh, he did? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't want, get, to, he didn't want he, to be pictured with everybody? Uh, I don't know why he left. He didn't get to see Charbonnet do what Charbonnet did. To, uh, yeah, that's uh, the, you guys didn't talk at all about that? No. Really? No. He knocked that dude no, five that was, yards back? That was a phenomenal play. You guys are like, meh, whatever, no big deal. Mar- <laughs> Marshawn would have hit him seven. I mean, like, come on. But, but not, I, no, I haven't seen a defensive yeah, a back. Crowd. I haven't seen a defensive back go <laughs> flying like that probably ever. The dude literally went seven, eight yards That's a pretty back. good little pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I would have told that legendary suite, too? I would have said, guess what? A lot of your games in the first halves are boring, too. It's true. All right? Never. How do your offense in the first half? <laughs> Never. No. Yeah. I, no, no, no. Let me tell you what it was. How much, we got time? Uh, no. Hold on. Tell us what it was in a minute. We'll take a quick break. KJ's got a lot to say. <laughs> it's Brock and Saul. KJ Wright. Seattle Sports, 710, seattlesports.com. This is Brock and Saul. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. So, KJ, I told Brock this story. I went to uh, my daughter's cross-country meet yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, out, out in the rain, fourth through eighth grade cross-country, and I overheard one of the other coaches, not at Cecily School, one of the other coaches, tell their kids right before the, the race, hey, don't be a hero out there. Don't, I don't want to see anybody get hurt in the rain. <laughs> Make don't. sure you don't run that hard. Really? What do you think of that? I'm not, I'm not for it. You're not? <laughs> I'm not for it. I thought I Brock him was going to gag. For his parenting advice. Well, it was a coach, not a parent. It was a coach. Oh, it was a coach. It was a coach. Even worse. <laughs> I thought it was a parent. Well, it may have been like a parental volunteer coach. I don't know. Don't be a hero out there. Yeah. He didn't say give it all you got. I didn't say it was a he. I'm just saying oh, she, uh, no. that they said, hey, don't be a hero. <laughs> don't run too hard out there. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. And I was at my daughter's volleyball game yesterday, and this coach, they were slaughtering this team. And the coach was just sitting there. He was just sitting there, didn't call a timeout, didn't pep on the girls, didn't, didn't cheer them on, and I was thoroughly upset. <laughs> like, you have a responsibility. You have a yeah. responsibility. When you're you sign, sober. When you you're sign sober. up to do this, yeah. you have a responsibility. You solve problems. That's your job. Go solve problems. So we had to run a break. We cut you off. Yes. Charbonnet just launched that dude. He gored him like nine yards out of bounds, and you said something was going on up there in the suite. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, so I was telling you what what got us excited or why the excitement level wasn't there. That's what I was saying. Mm. Oh, oh. When it's, let's say, a defensive battle, when it's, you know, nothing's going on, nothing's happening, you can make boring football look fun. 
Imagine, Brock, if we had 11 Devin Witherspoons out there. Imagine if we had that. Guys making their plays, guys walking around, guys talking their talk, guys showboat. Imagine if we had 11 Devin Witherspoons on the football field. That would be some really exciting football. Whether it's a one-yard gain, a two-yard gain, a TFL, it's exciting. It gets the people excited. It gets everything. It's really good football. Yeah. It's really, really phenomenal football. When I saw it in the first half, it's like a play would get made. You know, it'll just be like, come on, like, give me something. Give me some juice. Give me some flavor. So when I said the game was boring, it was boring because, first of all, it's a lot of field goals. But when you make your plays, like, get excited. Like, mm. it's hard to make plays in the NFL. Understand that. And so talk your stuff. Look at the crowd. Sh- you know, do a little showboating. Like, I was with my 2013 guys. Right. They, they did a little of that. The fans had a really good time in the in the crowd and watching on TV. And so that's why I said that's, that's why I want to see a new that surge. I want to see a new surge of energy. I don't think Charbonnet is going to be a guy who's going to talk much talk, but man, does he run hard? He runs hard. And I asked I asked the guy in the front office. I said with with running backs these days not getting the respect they they get. We you know got the Jonathan Taylors, Josh Jacobs. He said, when I took Zach Charbonnet, he was the best football player on the board right then and there. Mm-hmm. He said he was the best football player. And same thing with Kenneth Walker. He was the best football player. So, so let me let me play you something. Brock got really excited about this. Something Pete told us on Monday, and I want to play it for you because it's kind of interesting. Pete told us a little bit of a story behind Charbonnet coming in for some end zone reps, some red zone reps. Did you guys see the, the moment when Kenny uh, gestured to leave Zach in, in the game so he'd get the chance to get the touchdown? Mm. And we threw the ball to freaking Bobo. You know, he didn't get a chance to run. <laughs> the, the point that he, he recognized that, that he had earned his way down there and wanted to give him the love, and we were, we were starting to sub, and, and, and he, you know, he wanted Zach to stand off. So that was a great moment. How important is that type of stuff? I love that. I, I, I absolutely love that. When you say, hey, Hey, stay out there. You got it. Go do your thing. You're the best player. You work your way down there. That's the epitome of being a really good teammate. That's the epitome of being a really good friend. Like, understand, it's not about me in this situation. It's not about my stats. Now, I look at you. I see the work you put in during the week. You haven't gotten the end zone in your NFL career. This is a really cool opportunity for you. And, hey, go go do your thing. And I like Charbonnet down there in the red zone. Mm. I, lo- I love him. And I'm looking for our identity in the red zone as well. We got down there five times. What was it five field goals? What's going on? Scored a couple yeah, of the the start, yeah. right? Yeah. And then they they ended up scoring three straight times in the, in oh, the no. yeah. second yeah. half. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking like, hey, Brock, you can answer this better than me. Like, what what should be our identity when we get down the red zone? Are we going to just pound the ball, go downhill? Are we going to draw a place for DK Metcalf? Because you know, three points. Seven points is a big-time difference. Yeah, you know the best identity, and you know this from your perspective, is, man, can they run it? Man, can they play pass? Man, can they go to their tight ends? Man, do they got a one-on-one they trust? Like, the more that you've got in the tool bag, and I think they've got a bunch of it, mm-hmm. and you saw that come to life in the second half. If Salk hog the first seven or eight minutes, which is great. <laughs> I'm not saying it was bad radio. It was phenomenal. I'm going to hog the next seven or eight minutes for the be- for the football fans out there. <laughs> right? The X's and O's that want a little bit deeper detail of all the conversations we have seemingly off-season. I'm, I'm you're going to do this. that because before this hour is out, I'm going to go as far away from that as possible. Okay. So, yes, please do that. Okay, good. Well, you're going to give me seven or eight minutes here of just Done. talking straight Get football. after it. First and foremost, Jamal Adams is going to be back Monday night, back in his haunt, back where he started. Obviously, it was the Jets. It's the Giants. It's the same stadium. He's going to be back there. I have said on the air, I am so anxious, KJ, to watch how they utilize him. Yes. If you are Clint Hurt 
and you're the one scheming this week for Daniel Jones and Saquon and the Giants and all that they do and empty and mix and match and Brian mm-hmm. Dable's a pretty creative guy. How do you want to use Jamal Monday night? Jamal, come on down here in this box. Come on down here five, six, seven yards from the line of scrimmage, and you're going to be right here in the hooks. You're going to be buzzing to the flats. You're going to be making some strong tackles right across the middle, and you're going to be running sideline to sideline. And also, Jamal, understand is you're not going to play majority of this game. You're going to get about 25 plays, 25, maybe 30 in this football game. And so I'm really excited. Like I say this all the time, one of the most dynamic football players I have ever been around. He's top five in, in my books, Brock. In terms of dynamic? In terms of just dynamic as far as just... Versatility? Z- versatility, going from zero to 100, just having the it factor, just make his plays, have a net for getting to the quarterback. He's, he is one of the top five dynamic football players I've ever been around. And so I can't wait for him to come back. I know he's been working his tail off. And the expectations is, like, understand, he's been in a controlled environment for the past 10 months. 10, 11, no, yeah, about 10, 11 months. Understand, like, getting back on the football field, you got to get acclimated to your new body. You got to get acclimated to this new quad that you have. And so he's going to work his way back out there. And so it's up to the coaches and the training staff to make sure they limit the amount of time that he's out there on the football field. Okay, this one's a little tougher question because we all love Bobby and uh, Beloved and Hall of Famer and everything else. Do you think there's a time where Bobby comes off the field on third downs? Ab- absolutely not. No? No, no chance. Okay. No so chance. what is going on on third downs? That's a one number, right? And I'm going to get to run defense. I'm going to get to the front. Those are going to be the other football things. So three more. What is going on? 57% allowed, second worst in the league, only to the Bears, 60% on third downs. What is going on on third down, the money down? What is going on with the defense? Yes. Ooh, it's, um. Uh, first of all, opposing teams are having a field day. And um, we're trying everything, Brock. We're going man-to-man. We're going quarters. We're going cover six. Um, you saw a play, they're isolating what they're doing. I saw with the play with Thielen last year. If they look at the coverage pre-snap, they'll adjust guys and isolate a receiver on a linebacker. And so you best believe, like I told Quandre this when I saw him, I said, you guys have to got to start talking pre-snap. Like, hey, you play this way and you got to play that way. You got to see what the offense is trying to do before the ball is snapped. Talk about it pre-snap. And formulate a really good game plan before this football is snapped. <laughs> and so um, teams are having a field day. And so 30, they're 31 on third, on third down? 31st in the league, 57%. 57%. The Bears are 60%. I asked that Bobby question because it sure looked like to me in the second half, anytime they went zone, Andy Dalton found number 54. Right? Where, where's mm-hmm. the, like, I'm going to throw off of 54 as much as I possibly can. So you don't think there's a situation down the road that we see Jordan and Jamal inside that we see maybe Julian Love at a nickel or a Witherspoon at a nickel if and Bush. when, right, Bush out there. And you don't think there's a situation where 54 comes off the field. So let me ask you this. Before before I answer that question, let's let's talk let's, – let's, let's, get, let's get real here. Mm-hmm. There's, there's – you have legendary football players. You have guys that are going to be first ballot Hall of Famers. And I watched Ray Lewis in his last few years – and I was like, dang, Ray. He was like, wait, you're 17, you're 18. But Ray Lewis played every single snap because of not only what he brought from a mental standpoint, not from a physical standpoint, but he is the guy that you can't see a number 52 on the sideline. You cannot see a number 52 on the sideline from a fan base standpoint, from a coach's standpoint. We're going to make this work some way, somehow. And when it comes to Bobby, 
Bobby is not going to leave, leave the football field because of what he's done in his career and what he is still doing to this day. And so what you have to do as a player, and I, I told Kwanja this, like, you got to see, like, okay, this way they're going to attack us. Bobby, mm-hmm. you play low. If he runs a nine-yard stop, you better pick the football. And if he runs over the top, let him lob it over you. I'll be there for you. And so your brothers and your teammates got to be there for you if you see that teams are starting to attack you. Okay, so that's the that's a negative. That's the that's the bottom of the league. Uh, top five in the league is your rush defense. Your yards per rush allowed is phenomenal. Two and a half yards better than a season ago. What are they doing in their run fits? What are they doing in their run scheme to correct a problem that I think Salk asked you about nine hundred and twelve times last year with their rush defense? And I'm going to be honest. I, you, you saw you saw last year. It was at the very bottom, and we talked about it all offseason. They, can they stop the run? They bring in Draymond Jones. They lose Big Al, and they really emphasize, and they bring in this box in. They got the overfront. They got the bare front. They brought number 54 back. Jordan Brooks is who I believe is playing really, really good football. He's going downhill. Bobby's going downhill. The corners are in the run fits, and so, Brock, it just simply has been emphasized. It has been okay. emphasized. We're going to throw some different stuff at them. We're going to go over. We're going to go bare. We're going to bring eight-man box. And, guys, go downhill. We don't have Cody Barton here just going lateral and sideline to sideline, getting suffocated by blocks. We got guys that are really going downhill and making their big-time plays. How, how much of the ends played a role in that? I, I know at the beginning we were sort of calling them outside linebackers. Brock is encouraging me to call them defensive ends just based on what he's seen. But the Nuosus, the Boy Mafes, Derek Hall, what, what are the, those guys doing in the run game specifically? They, what they're doing is they are, first of all, constricting they're constricting the line of scrimmage. And so when it happens, when you got plays on the perimeter, you can you can hold the edge, but if you're holding the edge like six, seven yards going towards the sideline, that creates too much space in the middle. So when you got two strong, solid, just men taking on those tight ends, taking on those tackles, keeping everything tight for Bobby, for Jordan Brooks, that does wonders for off-the-ball linebacker. That brings the party to a Jay Reed. And so when you have when you have that scheme, when you have those guys right there, well coached, that does wonders for those guys in the middle. How did you feel when your job on a play was to set the edge rather than to flow? I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to do that for a living? Who who doesn't? You know, I want to hear my name get called. Right. And so what I did, me being say a seven, my name, say my name. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> What no I, one is around <laughs> you. Say KJ, I love that's you. <laughs> that's what he wanted. Exactly, but um, but there's ways you could you could find creative ways to set the edge, mm. defeat the tight end. Don't let them block you. Defeat the tight end and go make your plays. And now, Brock, let's take this next step further. Let's go to first and second down with Jamal Adams. Or let's go to second and twelve. We got nickel, nickel, nickel. Who's coming in on nickel? What I'm doing if I'm the coach, second down, I'm going big nickel this game. Big you nickel. What, you guys know what big nickel is? Oh, I sure do. Do I know what big nickel is? No, you don't know what it is. I've asked Coach Carroll about big nickel like 300 times to the point where he I'm finally a, talked about me in a press conference. I'm going to put you on the spot. What's big nickel? When you bring in a third safety instead of a third okay, cornerback. Okay, sorry. Get out of here. <laughs> say my name. Say my don't name. You, what do you think? Mike okay, I, I was born yesterday. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you. Play me some Beyonce. Um... So, How dare you? So, Jamal Adams. I'm insulted. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jamal Adams, you come in, you're the nickel, mm-hmm. and we got Jordan Brooks, and we got Bobby and Jordan Love and Quandre Diggs on the back end. That's what I want to see on second down, first mm-hmm. down even. They did it with Devin Bush last week. Yep. 
They did with Devin Bush. If you saw, there was 11 personnel. I think that's because they were out of corners. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I'm not even really joking. I mean, at some oh, point no, when Trey, Trey Brown Trey was done, down. like, I think they were just about out of corners. It's going to look a little different when all of a sudden you get, you know, Reek Wollen back this week and he's Witherspoon's played. He's supposed to. We'll Good. see. Witherspoon's played the way he has the last couple of weeks. They may decide to wait another week with Reek just because you got the, the buy after that. You know how they are. They like mm-hmm. to give you two weeks instead of one, right? So who knows? But all of a sudden, you know, you, you've got a lot more options of how you can play that. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be Jamal. Mm-hmm. Like he's going, he's going to be the guy. It's going to be Jordan Brooks. And uh, man, that, that hurt my heart when y'all asked that question about getting taken off the field. No, because I, I don't. It no, 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 no. Because I would never suggest that. No, no, no. Because no, honestly, <laughs> it happened to me. It happened to me my last my last few years. Came they, off the off the field on a third down, and 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 Coach Norton he had to have a real heart to heart conversation. with I me. guess the problem is, look, KJ, as great as Bobby is, let's go back to your Ray Lewis example. Could they have been better if Ray Lewis wasn't? That, would Belichick have let Ray Lewis stay on the field on those third downs? Nope. No. Is it the best thing for the football team? Is what he brings in terms of his mental, emotional, et cetera, enough? To and I don't know what he looks like in third down coverage. I, I don't. I honestly don't know. I leave that to you guys. I may know what a big nickel is, but I have no idea whether Bobby's <laughs> in the right spot defending. But I'll listen to people who tell me that that's a place that they're picking on them a little bit. Could they be better off another way? Um, before I answer the question, let me ask you this: Ray Lewis's last year, did they win the Super Bowl? Is that the year they won? The, yes, <laughs> that's kind of crazy. <laughs> yes, yeah. they won the Super Bowl. Ray Lewis's last year. There's something to talk. Um, there's something to talk about presence on the football field. There's something about presence. Cool. I, yeah. I, I can't explain it, but there's just. But something. were they 31st and third down conversions allowed that year? Also, <laughs> I, I'm gonna no. guess no. Hold on, I want to get back to that heart to heart. You interrupted him. Sorry. He was about to pour oh, yeah, out right. his soul. That, you're right. I'm sorry. Talk so. to me about Ken Norton. I saw Ken Norton this weekend, by the way. UCLA linebacker coach. Guys yeah. played great. Yeah. He looked good. He looked tan down there in Westwood. Uh, anyway, t- take me into that phone call with you and Ken. No, it was face to face. It was face to face, and here I am. Top of my game, year nine. I'm, you know, coming off an injury. I'm playing really good, and it's like, hey man, um, you know. So, and, and before I say this, Brock, some stuff is above the defensive coordinator's heads. A defensive coordinator has to answer up to, to, to higher ups. We understand that. And it's like we gotta, we gotta go dime this week on third down. You coming off the field? So I'm like, here I am in my mind, like. I've played really, really, really good football my entire life, mm. my entire career. This team is better with me on the football field. So you want to take me out and put a Ryan Neal in. That's what's going on in my brain. Mm-hmm. And so you're faced with that decision as a player. Do I mope? Do I pout? Do I throw a tantrum? Or do I support my teammates and support my guys and be like, okay, this is what you say? I'm going to lose this battle anyway. <laughs> I'm going to lose this battle right. anyway. <laughs> or, or do I go out there and support my team? And so you face with that decision as a player. Like, if a coach does come to you, how do you respond? Yeah. You look at yourself and be like, this is some BS. This is some bull crap. That, does that ego start start to creep in? Or do you be like, you know, I don't like this, but I'm going to do what's best for the football team? Well, I, I think because in the coach's mind, they don't think you're not a good football player. They're trying to get your best in all spots. And they're saying in this instance, 
in this situation, somebody is better at it than you are. But not that he's a better football player than you, but you're probably not wanting to hear that. You're, yeah, you're, you're, he, I'm he, using logic and you don't hear that. You saying that, but what the person is interpreting in their head (laughs) is like we interpret that as athletes. It's like I'm not good enough, right? Or I'm a a liability, or I'm a I'm a casualty on this football field. And so, yeah, you take it personal. Your feelings do get hurt. You do get angry Mm -hmm. when you've never left the football field. But when they call dime, when they call nickel, you're trotting off the football field. That's 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 not that a, that's, that, that's not a good feeling. Right, we gotta we, we gotta we gotta I gotta have, I have to ask this, Burke. I I, I tried to ask you about is this it yesterday. A personal one? It's a little personal. I, I gotta get a little personal. Oh oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. I gotta get a little personal. Take with a your sip experience. of my water. Take a sip of your water. Compose yeah. yourself for a minute. What is it like? And and I know that you haven't fully experienced what we saw this weekend, but it was close. What is it like having a teammate start to date somebody? That is stupid famous. That is just out of control, right? Unbelievably famous. And I don't think Sierra is quite at the same level of fame as Taylor Swift, who right now might be the most famous woman in the world. I mean, she is out of control. Yes. When she showed up at that game on Sunday to watch Travis Kelsey, it was the story everywhere. Yes. His jersey sales went up by 400%. He gained 400,000 Twitter uh, Instagram followers that day. It is the biggest story, not in sports. Everywhere else, the yes. Swifties this podcast went to number one. Did it really? Is yes. that true? I didn't even yes. hear that part of oh, it. Oh, yeah. It is the biggest. It's, it's, here we go. Well, well, first, what is it like for well, his teammates? Well, first of all, Salk, I did not think you was going to ask anything remotely close to that. <laughs> this man said personal. This ain't got nothing to do with me. No, I know, but like, what? You ain't a Swifty? I don't know about no Taylor Swift. I was expecting something else as well. I, I was like, I thought I was about to go. I thought I was about to start crying again on this <laughs> no, show. No, I don't want you crying. What is it like when your teammate dates someone famous? Yeah. It's. It's cool. It's it's re- it's actually really really fun. Like, let's just use Sierra for example. When Sierra came here, um, she was so nice, so like, okay, this is Sierra, like this girl we grew up watching. And my family, like Sierra, can we get a picture? Like, can we do? It is really really fun when your teammate, I guess, dates someone that's famous. Yeah. And um, what I know for Taylor Swift and um, Kelsey, I'm sure he's getting joked around. You know, they get asking some personal questions in the locker room. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure some stuff is going around. And so, um, yeah, it's cool. It's fun. When I saw her up there cheering, high fiving, oh, it's a pretty awesome yeah. idea of like shooting your shot. I was like, he's like, ah, whatever. And I'm not a Travis Kelsey fan. Justin and I are very much on the record. We are, we are, we are anti Kelsey. But but what's crazy? I don't know if you're paying attention, but people are asking, did Travis Kelsey like downgrade? They put up a picture of his ex girlfriend oh. Taylor Swift. Have you seen that? No. What? Oh, I mean, if you see it, if you, if you, I mean, if you see it, it's other. <laughs> she's real pretty. Wow. She's a stallion. She's a stallion. Yeah. <laughs> she's a stallion. Um, <laughs> I hope my wife's not listening. But um, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like um, it's fun when a celebrity comes around. Who, who wouldn't want to see a celebrity? Well, I would think around? it would be fun, right? I mean, like I, I wasn't suggesting that there was anything crazy, but dating pop royalty like that. Do you feel like they're in any way like in like a, they move into like a different sphere in some way? Yes, they do. Okay, you know when Hollywood creeps in, yeah, Hollywood creeps in, mm-hmm. and um, you know you, it's human nature to, I'm not gonna say get distracted, but Brock, when you got hundreds millions of dollars, when you're around the best of the best, when you live in Calabas, it's a different lifestyle. 
You think differently, you talk differently, you eat differently. And you best believe, like, that starts to creep in to your... She's got but, so much more money. I mean, it's not even like a... I mean, he makes money. I know. But she's got money. She's going to be a billionaire. We're talking Amalfi Coast. We're talking going to the Met Gala. We're right. talking eating caviar for, for right. snacks. <laughs> it's a whole different lifestyle. How do, you, how do you hang with your teammates after that? I'm going to say you don't, but... <laughs> Brady found a way. He did. did it good. Yeah, right. I mean, Brady's yeah. the only yeah. other example I can really come up because Sierra is very famous. She's not Taylor Swift as as much yeah. as she's very famous. Yeah, and Giselle. Giselle go, is at that Giselle. level. Giselle's at that level of fame, right? Of Taylor Taylor yeah. Swift. Mm-mm. No, Taylor Swift above her. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Giselle's but, pretty um, big though. In International this fame in this country. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Swifty's way bigger. But yeah. I can't wait. What the story with with them two is going to be in the off season. Right, when they traveling the world, when they're doing all this stuff, doing TikTok videos. For now, Travis, stay focused. You got a Super Bowl to go try to win. <laughs> Bro, did they're, you see his outfit post game? There's nothing focused. Yeah, that's unfocused. What, that? what do you have, that big, that big, I don't know what I would call that. It was blue and it, was it, like a, it looked like a denim uh, it wasn't good. watercolor. He, he, let's just say it wasn't good. He's not He's not Russell Westbrook level. He he looks a little <laughs> swaggy. Yeah. I could I could pull off a Travis Kelsey. Okay, last you know, thing. There last are minute. people out there who believe that because she's from Pennsylvania, she's trying to sabotage the Chiefs in order to help the Eagles win the Super Bowl this year. Oh, interesting. That's, but this is this is a this is, is a, this bad blood between yes, those states. That there's bad blood. Nice job, Brock. That's very, too very That's good. Too That's good. Hey, I got one minute. <laughs> KJ, one minute. Back to football. <laughs> you like this matchup? I'm confident. I'm confident. You're confident. I'm confident. Um, I, I watched film on Daniel Jones, and people give him such riffraff. Like, he's not good. He's not talented. Um, he has thrown two touchdowns to four interceptions, but his play-action game in particular and shotgun, the guy can make some noise. Mm-hmm. He can make some decent noise, and he obviously can beat you with his legs. And so I'm not sleeping on this Giants team. I am confident. Mission number one, priority number one, is stop number 12. Mm. Um, they drop a lot of plays for Dan Waller. They drop a lot of plays. And they're not going to run to his side. If they run an 18 force to his side out of solo personnel, I'd give somebody $100. <laughs> and so um, let's be aware of that. I wish I could just go give – you know what? Coach Kerr, if you can hear me this, I wish I could just go give these guys a breakdown every week and just lay it on their table. Right. Like, this is this is the game. This is what's going to happen. Yeah, you can do that. Play. You're called an assistant linebacker coach. Right. I think they've no, asked you to no, do that. No, but don't, don't do that. that. You're staying with us. Okay. You're staying with us. Well, Coach Carroll, forget what I just said. <laughs> not interested in <laughs> that. Nope. Brock, did you, how come you didn't tell KJ where you're going right now? I mean, with the 2013 team all meeting, you're about to go meet a key member of that season. Yeah, in six minutes, I'm going to jump on a Zoom here with Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> you got a question for Jim Harbaugh? He's now mm. the Michigan coach. Who, who, Michigan and Nebraska. Jim Harbaugh. Brock's got Michigan and Nebraska this week. Remember mm. his deal? Do you remember Jim Harbaugh's deal? He was at all? a pretty important figure in that season. Yeah, mm, I'm trying to think of. It. I don't have a question for you. <laughs> Tell him I said hello. I will. Tell him I said hello. You like Jim Harbaugh? Yeah, Sherman Doug. Don't, don't. <laughs> no, no, they don't. You know what I think? I actually heard this about them. Right. I think that's actually what Earl said when asked why he didn't oh, oh, show up oh, oh, at the oh, stop, event this stop. past week. So y'all know I'm my daughter's um, commentator for a volleyball games. I played yeah. a Taylor Swift song. Yeah. When I tell you the crowd they go nuts. went crazy. KJ. The crowd went crazy when I played a Swift song. KJ, there's nothing like it. People love her. They so love her. I, I got to add her to my playlist. All right. There we go. KJ's adding T-Swift to the playlist.
We got to get out of here. KJ, thank you. Great stuff, as always. Uh, we yeah. have a Monday night game next week, so a little uh, little abbreviated week, and then we'll be yeah. in on Wednesday with KJ mm. Brock. Go have fun with Harbaugh. Find out about Fred Dwumfor's house. I'm going to. And I'll be right back. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com.